Welcome to Car Talk. It's Maddie J here on a Tuesday night, live on 98.9 Northwest FM. In with David and Ed. What's happening, guys? G'day, Maddie. G'day, Ed. Hello, Matthew. Is this is this it? The trifecta for tonight. This is the I'm a triple centurion right now. Three hundred episodes. Wow. That's Brilliant a wow. Work. well done. I'm gonna give you a little clap. Yep. Thank you, thank you. Three hundred episodes tonight, which is which is it is a big achievement actually. It's it's you know I've been doing this since geez twenty sixteen now. So so uh, you know I've been really really enjoying it. You know you, you meet all new people along the way and and you know well you met us. That's a start. I, I did. I did. <laughs> I did meet you guys. So 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 that, so that was a very good start to to actually. To to me to me fellow fellow car minded people, which is always fun. Uh, you know the the car community is a good community for the most part, and you know it's 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 just fun coming here on a Tuesday night, talking a bit of crap, talking a bit of cars. Yeah, and, and I, I, I preface that with crap and cars. Um, <laughs> so, uh, cars. No, the no ratio no. changes. It's sort of it's like a CVT transmission. The ratio kind of <laughs> infinitely changes. You know? Exactly. <laughs> That's a very good analogy, uh, Mr. Bunting. Very good analogy. But yeah, 300 episodes tonight. I know it's a bit. It's been a bit of a. Uh, like I know for our 200th, we, we did something kind of special. But but for this one, it's just a bit hard with with you know everything restrictions a bit you know easing and stuff. So, but yeah, we'll we'll definitely have to tee something up for for a bit of a bit of a celebration of of 300 episodes. I think because it's it is a big achievement and. I told a few people that it's it's my it's my 300th show, and they're like, "Wow, you've you've done 300 of these things." I'm like, "Yeah." yeah <laughs> I can't even organise to do one of the podcasts that we were planning. So you know, I take my hat off to you, Matthew. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I, I I appreciate that, but it, it's 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 not only that though. It, it's you know, it's again, I, I I'm very thankful that that you, David, you know, um, Tyrone, Alan. Adrian, Anthony, Adam, Riz, Scotty, all the people that have that have come Luca. on. Luca, yes, yes, you, you, you're your bestie. Um, all the people, all the people that have come on over over the years, have uh, have really you know made the show what it is. If, if it wasn't for that, I I wouldn't really you know be able to do this. I, I can't talk to myself for for an hour every every week, so uh, it'd be it'd be boring to you guys in particular for coming on the 300th, but but for everybody as well, and to our listeners, mainly is a big thing. 300 episodes to listen to me blab on about, you know, barras and, uh, and creepy LPDs and Mercs and, and, uh, and, and all sorts of weird, weird, weird and wonderful stuff. Um, yeah. Thank you for listening. And here's to 300 more. Let's, let's. Absolutely. Uh, What's been I your favorite you, episode, Maddie? That is a good question. Favorite episode. Ooh, there's, there's been a, there's been a fair few fun ones actually that we've just, it's just been a complete and utter, piss take of, of mainly me that's what i was in this show <laughs> uh, so, but probably my favorite one oh geez in in, in recent times i mean like i actually for this show i listened back to the first episode i ever did and i'm, I'm like gee i'm like my god that, that was that was us like what, 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 what were we thinking in the, the very first pilot episode you listened back to the very first pilot episode i listened back to it the other day and i'm just like how was it horrible <laughs> was it really um clunky or what did you notice yeah it was very clunky very uh robotic and we will be talking about this today and we will be doing this today and this is what we'll be discussing and it gradually started from that and then it kind of just went you know uh, like a bit more normal and just talking and just just 
pretty much just just as as we are now, guys. So as 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 the as the show Very is natural yeah. conversation now, isn't it? I mean, this is if we were just out for dinner, this is kind of how we'd be talking. Pretty much, exactly, exactly. Much, yeah. So so it, it is it is actually it, it is it is a lovely thing to have and a and a uh, and personally a, a a great a great way to communicate and a great way to to just you know just have a bit of fun and and get your mind off all the things that go on in the world and and you know everything around you whereas like i think we all can agree on that cars are, cars bring us together bring people together and and you can just talk and you know yeah but to, to get to get back to your question um uh david favorite episode would probably oh, probably be the one where um adrian got his xsx turbo and he, he was like really excited and then he's like I was excited, and then all this happened, and then he, he like had all, uh, he was just he was just going he was just going over all all the different things, that, and 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 we're like, wait a minute, Adrian, you said you bought a good car, and it was just like it was it was a really funny episode. That was, that was probably one of probably one of the, he the have a lot ones. of problems. That yeah, he, he did, but I mean, it's a good car now. Like he's got that car like all sorted, and the, and the guys at Blue Power helped him out with that. But I did have thought today that maybe because it's the three hundredth episode, we should only talk about cars that have. 300 in the model name Ooh, that, I mean, oh. that, that, that really narrows it down doesn't it i know we're not going to do that but i started thinking <laughs> a few, there's a there's a chrysler 300 c there's yep. the mercedes 300s that we like in, a, in an e and an s class sort of thing yep. um what else is it you know 300 uh, there's the 300 300 uh, 300 sl yeah 300 sl again another mercedes so there's, there's a few mercs with that number but I thought there's got to be other manufacturers that have 300 versions of their cars. That is a, good, a question. good question. Anyway, we're not doing that. That was just a stupid thought I had today. Uh. <laughs> Never a stupid thought, Edward. Never a stupid thought. Not when it's to do with cars, no way. No, not at all. Not at all. Uh, um, but how have you guys been? How has your week been, both of you? Pretty good. Pretty good. I was just saying to David before I, I had a little sleep before. I'm, you know, it's quite tiring going back to normal life. You know, oh yes, <laughs> visiting and driving everywhere, and, and the traffic. Don't get me started the traffic, on the traffic. You know, my little two and a half months of living like an Amish monk was sort of. Really, <laughs> I, I quite enjoyed that. <laughs> yeah, downside, you couldn't drive anywhere, or you know, couldn't use the cars. But upside, I was I was very relaxed. Yep. That's a good I thing. Totally concur with that. Definitely a good thing. I think I actually worked heaps more during uh, during lockdown. Obviously, with remote learning and planning and organising things, yep. and so um, actually being back to school is kind of a bit of a blessing in disguise. Like it's actually given me a reason to get up in the mornings. But um, <laughs> but, but yeah, it's it, it's it's been good. It's been good. And David, yourself? Yeah, yeah. Um, works just ramped up pretty crazily which we presumed it would once the car yards opened again um so um yeah that's uh, had its challenges but um we'll we'll get through that we'll we'll ramp up again um been doing a bit of socializing i was just saying to maddie before we actually went to a cafe for breakfast the yeah, other day yeah. a long time since i've done that <laughs> I was at a pub for lunch today. Whoa! Burger and chips and having a glass <laughs> of wine. And 
it's all very yeah i was really tired. hang on hang on you had a glass of wine with your burger and chips I at lunchtime do have a glass of that's wine. why you're hanging out a nap okay oh, good maybe that's good no, to know. I have a couple of glasses actually maybe <laughs> okay I'm not, I, I'm not used to drinking i really didn't drink during lockdowns <laughs> Just drank more, i drink less Couple of glasses. It means, it means really turned into a couple of bottles. That's why he's had. No, oh, if I had a couple of bottles, I'd be unconscious. No way. <laughs> uh, but also, just being able to get out and drive a bit's been good too. I did a did a recce for a, a club event coming up into the Dandenongs on the weekend and got to drive around the around the hills again, which was really good. It's been a long time since I've done that. Yeah, it awesome. Um, now, David, you'll be a bit jealous because this Friday. Oh. I'm taking a day of annual leave and I am going on a Honda press shoot. Right. Driving a Civic Type R all day. Nice. Uh, I thought, oh, David would like this. He would. Yes, he would. <laughs> <laughs> anyway. So one, one of Justin's they, nice blue ones? Yeah, something like that. Some sort of blue one, I think, yeah. Mm. David, this so, is where you say to Ed, nice invite. Nice. Yes. Mad, no, mad invite. Mad, mad invite. invite. Well, unfortunately, it's not my gig, baby. I can't just invite everyone who I know. It's all right. I know people, Maddie. I'll, uh, I'll, yeah. I'll have a word with my people. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> you know what that counts for? Diddly squat. That's what yeah. it counts for. <laughs> yeah, so that'll okay. be fun, something different. I think where that, where, where's the drive to, do you know? Uh, it's out Hillsville Way. Um, they're nice. going to be shooting, yeah, the Civic Type R's, I believe, for a... Lovely. Well, you know where I live. If they need a spare driver, yes. If you're around, I'll, you know, <laughs> if I break my leg or something, I'll, I'll get right forward. If you see a dark, shadowy figure with a baseball bat <laughs> in the driveway in the morning. <laughs> now, do we have Matthew any car updates? Yeah, car updates definitely. Do we still do those on the three hundredth episode? Yeah, why the hell not? Let's let's do them. Uh, Go. Three hundred episodes. We still do our car updates because that's that's normal. We've got the, as I mentioned, I touched on it on the weekend, the the roadworthy for the uh, MR2. So just it did, didn't it didn't need much at all really. Just needed two rear tires, um, sway bar bushes for the uh, for the rear uh, front front radius rod bushes times four, and rear lower control arm bushes. Um, so inner and the centre bushes for them. Now the issue is. Toyota Australia don't have them here. They're all overseas and they are quite hard to get. So we're looking at aftermarket options. Otherwise, I'd have to wait probably two months and I don't really want to wait that long. Um, so 30 days that they reckon. And I'm like, yeah, I don't think I, I can wait that long. So I'm saying, I know a guy, you know, just saying. Um, so I'm speaking to... No, I know a guy who does roadworthies. Oh. <laughs> I do. Okay, okay I'll, uh, I'll keep that in mind. Um, but I'm speaking to uh, to my guys at Fulcrum Suspensions tomorrow, which which do Super Pro and um, which is an Australian company, and, and so that, then they can, I believe they should have them in stock. So hopefully I can get them get them at my price through super cheap and um, whack them on the car. And yeah, that should be done. I also uh, the, the the original air filter that came on it was one of those HKS foam ones, but they, it was just falling apart. So when they when they did the service, it just it fell apart in their hands. Like we this is like just find one. Um, so then I had a look at the uh, the, the actual uh, mouthpiece, and it was the weirdest aftermarket thing that I've ever seen. I'll, I'll show you what it, I'll show you guys what it looked like. It was quite interesting because I had to find I had to go to a few places to find a. I'll show you what it looks like. So that's it there. I don't know if you guys can see it. Oh, yeah. yeah. 
but that's like the mouth of the intake. And I think it's just done for sound, but I had to find something that would go over, over that, that bell mouth. And I, I ended up going, um, driving around Saturday morning, finding, and finding one. Um, actually, no, it wasn't Saturday morning. It was, it was Friday afternoon. Uh, got one um, through, through, through mum's work and popped it on. And that, that, uh, worked pretty well, so so, so that was, that was my Friday after work. Uh, I could, could is, this, is this an aftermarket? Um, yeah, filter housing thing. Yeah, I'm I'm trying to find an I'm trying to find an original one, but they are hard to come by. And the ones in the in yeah in the UK through to that guy, which I'll talk to you about in a second, they're all yeah. pretty, they're all pretty pox as well. So I was like, until a nice one comes up, I'll just just wait on that. Yeah. yeah. So so that was that was Friday Friday night at home. I ordered. A genuine gear knob. I ordered a yeah, genuine. Thank you, thank you. I ordered a brand new mm, black OG gear knob. That's good. Yes, yes. Ordered a black a brand new black leather gator um, from the from the UK to go to, to match with nice. it because it got some blue nice. stitches. It's pretty pox. I also got a spare tire clamp because mine's missing and he kind of looked away at it for the roadworthy. He's like, just get one. Yeah. So yes. I got that. I got that all from that 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 wrecker in the in the UK, and I also got the brand new. I got brand new stickers for the uh, so w- w- where the shift plate is, where it tells you what gear you're in. Um, yeah. The, what there comes a kit, so you can buy the sticker for that and the sticker for the boot release and for the fuel re- fuel release. So because oh, no. oh, cool, yeah. They all they all pretty much white. You can't really see them. So I'll yeah, they them. just wear down. So yeah, I, I I spent I spent about a hundred bucks, and that'll be all shipped over. Which is not too bad. So, what about the um the 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 engine cover support? The <clears throat> yes, I um I made one of those at work. Whoa! Okay. With my with my three D printer, and right. I, that was another thing I did Friday, and I tried it on there, and it works perfectly. It clips onto the to the stay, holds the bonnet up. I'm like, you know what, mate, free. <laughs> so, so I was like, I'm actually really wrapped with that. So that's probably my favorite little touch so far because it's, you know, it was just, just I, all I had to do was just, just drill out the hole again, just, just to make it a little bit bigger and pop it on. The old one was a pain to get off. Like I, I was cutting at it and couldn't, couldn't get the old one off because it just, it was just fused to it. So what I did was took it to work with me because um, I got mum to bring it home on Thursday and sorry, was it mum? I can't remember. Anyway, I picked it up and uh, took it to. To, took it to work and uh, spoke to the tech boys and i'm like well, what do you recommend getting this he's, he's like oh we'll, we'll try to hit it and that didn't work so he's like oh bring it over to the belt sander and the belt sander just took it off in like the space of like a second it was just like <laughs> just vanished that was that was gone off the face of the earth so 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 then i put the new one on now the new one's in black i did it in black just to make sure it fit first because that was what was loaded in there but i also have a white filament so i'm going to make a white one to put it on there to make it look yeah. more original because that's the color it came with. So I'll be putting that on, but, but for now it's, it's good enough. And I just wanted to make sure it actually fit and worked and it fits perfectly. And, and I'll have to show you guys, it, it, it really, it really works. And which part is this again? So at the top of the, at the top of the engine, uh, engine stay, you know, that hook, um, what would you call it? The engine? It's, it's not the rod that holds the, the, the boot leader or the engine oh, cover up. Yeah. Yeah. So you're talking about the rod itself that you made? Or? No, the the actual clip at the top of the rod. So so that oh, clip okay. was snapped and it and it wouldn't stay in the in the engine bay. So, right, uh, right. so I 3D printed one and it it clips into the original port, but it also holds the bonnet up at the other end as well. Right, so, right, right. So yeah. So, so how, 
Oh, you see, I don't. There's a lot of things I don't understand, boys, like telephones, how they work, and stuff like that. But how do you 3D print something that you don't have, like that you haven't got a sample of? Well, here's the, here's the good thing about the internet. Most people, <laughs> for, for, for for most for most things, have already all kind of like figured this out. They'd be like, well, because it's a common thing that they break on them. So they're like, someone's already made it. Like I was happy to make it myself because you can use programs like Tinkercad or or um, Blender, which are which yep. are programs where you can you can you put dimensions and and just make things. And I, 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 and, I, and I've made a few things like personally, but um, this one was already done. So I was like, oh, okay, it was a, they're all free. So you just download them. Pop it in the wow. machine, and, and that was it. Yeah, about an hour later, out of popped, and yeah, popped it on, and yeah, works well. Fantastic. I'm very Amazing. interested to see if you can do me a um, the sun visors on the Renault 16 are joined in the middle by like a a, a Bakelite clamp thing, and yep. they get brittle and they all snap, and then the sun visors sag down and don't stay up where they're meant to, and mm-hmm. it's just one of those things you cannot buy. Um, and I'm, I'd be fascinated to see if you can make me one of those because I reckon yeah, well, I'd sell. Or two, <laughs> probably yeah, three because I think I have three. No, two of them. Yeah, two at least. Yeah, if yeah. I if you take it off for me and give it to me, I could measure it up and and probably make it for you. Definitely. There right. might even be like the MR two one. There might be one already done somewhere you can download. Maybe I'd be surprised, but maybe. <laughs> yeah, if it, if it's um, I mean, if it's if it's a common thing that will break on them, then yeah, oh, yeah absolutely. probably probably be done. So it's yeah, I'll get it to you. I shall get it to you. So, so that's it with the MR2. Now, oh, when I when I put the filter on, that 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 vibration got completely gone. So I think the filter was that was just really restricting it. But also, wow. I think that it's also got a bit of a, a bit of a leak because a bit of a um, air leak. Because when I when I changed it, I had to pull it out, put it back on. It was a little bit jittery down down low now, but up top it just screams really well. So I my mechanic's gonna have a look. He reckons it's got because you know the old lines get all brittle and stuff. So he's going to he's going to probably replace a vacuum line there and and, and have a look and, and make make it all good. But yeah, no more hesitation, no more like a bit of a bit of a shake. It actually yeah. it actually drives really really well now. So yeah, mm-hmm. it's had a, it's had a service so if, you know fresh fluids in it. Yeah, once it gets the new tires on and stuff. Hopefully, fingers crossed. If I can get these parts towards the end of the week or early next week, it'll be on the road and I can be driving it and I'll be loving it. And then I'll, and David, I'll be bringing you because it's to to sort of my interior and and those stuff. <laughs> so, yeah. Hey, I was thinking about the wheels the other day. Um, do you remember after the SX Corollas, the twin cams, they, there was the GTI Corolla? Yes, yeah. I do. Yeah. 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 Now they had an alloy that was pretty similar, uh, quite a specific alloy that was pretty similar. I'm sure it wasn't the same as the MR2. I've got one in a brochure in a magazine downstairs. I just was reading it at breakfast the other day, and it had an ad for the GTI Corolla. Okay. But it wasn't those wheels. It was like a grey charcoaly wheel with a red section on it. Okay, um, okay. It wasn't those teardrop mirror finish ones that Matt's talking about. No, no, I know they weren't MR2, but they they had they bore more than a passing resemblance. I thought the MR2 ones, and I thought if you can't get MR2s, it would probably be drive even better on fourteen inch wheels, fourteen inch alloys rather. Let than me that. um let me find that magazine ad, and I'll at least take a photo, Matt, and send it to you as to what was on it. Well, Edward, I've got I've got an even better idea. Oh, 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 oh hello! Hang on. Yes, I know where there's a set of those Celica slash Tarago alloy. So, so do I, and I've seen it being done before, and I'm like, you know what? Worst case scenario, that actually kind of looks cool. 
It looks so, great. They do look all right, don't so they? I, I think I think that I think that it make I think that it suit it quite well. So uh, yeah. the listeners at home, we're talking about the chunky, what would you call it? Four spoke, very rare looking Celica Tarago alloy from the mid eighties. Um, that Corona's had as well, you know. Yep, they, Corona design an alloy, they put it on everything. Because they're they're more available than a AW11 wheel, and and they're a fourteen, oh, and, and they're a fourteen. So they're fourteen, correct? Yeah. And I actually I actually think they look really cool. Like I, I, think I they I, look great. I think they look they great. Really. Um, but on a white car too, when when they're polished up, because they've got such a lot of metal to the face of them they they really look bling and i'm i'll be interested to see how well mine come up with a with a surface polish um yeah that'll be a good indication but you'll find a set of those they're not that rare yeah, yeah. so i mean that, that's like mine that's my worst case because I, I i'm still looking at, and there was a set of aw11 wheels that before i picked up the car that did sell and i was spewing because I was yeah. but that's okay well the hunt continues as, as, as it always does all part of it. It's all part of the fun. Oh, great! think alike. They, they look great on on the on the car. Yeah, I think they look. I think they look awesome. I think they. Yeah. I think they look really good. So oh, the fact you photoshop is that an image you, you've? That's an image I found you... on the net. This, that, oh, that's okay. what, that's <laughs> someone's someone's done. Someone's, someone. Someone. Yeah, uh, yeah. That's what. That's what he. That's what he had on his one. And so, uh, and on a white car too. I think that'll look good. Yeah. Imagine your yours and mine, Tarago and yours, both white, both of oh. Yeah, be cool. Wedding car hire business. I also think that I, th I think that they look. I think they look pretty good. As, as like a worst case scenario, that would be kind of cool. Mm. It's, it's still, still keep looking for an original set of. Oh, oh yeah, yeah, hundred yeah. percent. Yeah, but yeah, I, I really liked I really liked them, and it'd be interesting. Ed, I might have to bring it over and just just test fit one and, and see and see what see what it looks like on the car. Yeah, well, they're sitting in my garage here, so by all means, um, yes, bring it over and we'll do a little test photo shoot. Yeah, it'd be it'd be cool. It'd be cool. And it's the same stud pattern, isn't it? They'll bolt straight yep. on. Yeah, bolt straight on. Yep. So hello, hello. So it'll probably drive even better, as I said. I mean. Once they you know put sort of bigger fatter alloys on them, I remember Matty Da um, with the CRX. You know, mm. that had uh, once he put the right fourteens on, he said, "Just transform the car." You know, yeah, yeah. How how it was designed to have those wheels, and 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 that's how it works best. You know. Yeah. Correct. Cool. So that's pretty much it on the MR2 front at the moment. Now, it's, what have you spent on the LTD this week? You know, absolutely surely, nothing. Surely there's been something, Matthew. Petrol. I've used petrol, Edward. So I've been driving. I've been using petrol. I saw an old guy driving one yesterday, and uh, oh, he was, you know, he was the original guy. And <laughs> yeah. Very proudly motoring down the road in his LTD. Oh, nice. Yep, that's the demographic. They all bought them. All bought them when they were sixty, and then when they retired, and now they're all eighty-five, ninety, and still driving them. Well, I mean, it's a testament Ed, to, to I guess, the reliability of those. Like they, they keep going. Oh, hey, yeah, yeah, we know that. We know. That. Mm. They, now, what are... about David's car updates? Oh, my car updates. Most of my week this week's actually been consumed with trying to buy a car in Scotland, all places. Oh, okay. Um, not me personally. My my daughter and her fiance live in Scotland, and um, they had uh, about eighteen months ago. They bought a uh, two thousand and four Honda Accord 
Tura, which is the station wagon version of the Euro that we got here. Which we never we, got that. We never got the station wagon version. Uh, I knew several people frothing at the mouth that actually thought, oh, sweet, this will be great when, you know, they're finished with it, that we can privately import it and have a cord wagon. Tragically not. They, um, the, the roads over there in six months basically of wet, salty roads, and it already had rust in it when they got it. And last week they put in for an MOT, for the annual MOT, that which had been delayed because of COVID for six months. They gave everyone six months grace sort of thing. Yeah put it in, fail. No, not getting, and they don't get it back. Well, what? Not, How much is the car gone? Like, the, the, the car, evidently the car can't leave the workshop without it fixed. And if you choose not to fix it, then you don't get the car back. What the hell? So you go from dropping what? your car off in the morning <laughs> to not having a car. If, so like, if, the quote was something it. crazy to actually repair it and get it oh. far more than the car was worth, basically. To repair yep. it, to get it, to make it past the MOT. So you, you'd take out your Melway, well, not your Melways, your, London, <laughs> your Scotland Ways, and your other way, and, um, and all your chewing gum. You'd, you'd remove all that when you drop it off, thinking, oh, it could be it. <laughs> that was it. We got a very sad photo of my daughter with thumbs down going like this you know, <laughs> next to the car, and that was it. So the cord wagon's gone. Um, so. Uh, Sean's been sending me um, lots and lots of images of all sorts of, of things. He hasn't um, seen the VW Phaeton, has he? Please tell me he hasn't. No, 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 he hasn't seen many Phaetons. That's um, automotive suicide. Like, that's just... <laughs> yeah, don't do that. Don't do that. <laughs> no, 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 no. Sean, if you're listening, please don't buy a Phaeton. Uh, <laughs> it's more critical they buy something with a brilliant body, you know. Well, that's the thing. That's the thing. And he's tossing up, you know, the... the um, they're tossing up whether to, you know, just buy something else that's going to last, you know, maybe through the next MOT and then onto the next one sort of thing, or putting a bit more money in and buying something new that's or newer that's that's actually got some. It'd be nice to get a couple of years out of it. Well, that's right, and it's but but like I've, like in Australia, cars have gone up through through this because there's not as many used cars around. They need to buy an automatic because Emily doesn't drive a manual, so it's um, uh, that's even makes it even harder. Because it's preferably something made of aluminium that doesn't rust. That's right. I suggested an NSX. NSX, but, yeah. Yeah. But... What about a, you know, I mean, Land Rover Discovery's aluminium. Oh, um, uh, yeah. no, no, not buying a Discovery head. <laughs> the other thing is the car lives outside. So, I mean, you know, I don't want to buy something too nice because it's just going to live on the street and get bumped into and get, you know, yeah, yeah. keep you filthy all year. So, that's been interesting. Um, he's looked at a few hybrids because they don't pay. Um, oh, he says about three hundred fifty thousand, uh, three hundred fifty pounds a year um, compared to what I think it's a road tax fee. Yeah, hybrid they don't have to pay that basically. So um, there's advantages that you know, the government there actually encourages people to um, drop, look for a, a more economical cars, not like here. Mm -hmm. um, but uh, yeah, so that's been interesting seeing what's a, and amazing for a, a country where it would be impossible to keep keep a car clean. I reckon eighty percent of the cars he sent me have been black, like everything yeah. everything is black. <laughs> like oh, the Jazz is in black, Toyota Prius is in black, Golf's in black. You know, uh, oh. so just uh, adds to the general palette of of greyness that can be Scotland in winter. I think, but yeah, um, yeah. But the good thing is over there, any car he's looking at, he can actually look up the rego number and it gives the last MOT report 
So Look any at, advisories on it. So it would be like us looking at any car on Facebook Marketplace, entering the Rego and being able to see what what it, what it needed for Roadworthy at the last Roadworthy, which is every year over there, which we don't have here. That'd so that would be, be very great. Handy. Very like handy. <laughs> so you say, oh, that looks yeah, good. The price is... If you're buying bad, if you're selling, maybe. That's right. That's right. Mm -hmm. But that's part of the reason why, you know, the, the, the value is determined. The market determines the value. And if it's got lots of things on its MOT that need doing, then the car's not going to be worth much because it's going to need all the money spent on it sort of thing and it's how, all out in the open and all. What was the bill to fix the rust on the Honda? Did they tip, tell you the figure? Oh, I, I, I didn't see it specifically, but, but it was he, – he, he figured it was coming. He was he – was, yeah. um, uh, you could see it, it was rusty around the rear wheel arches. That yep. was the first place. Um and um, f unfortunately, that was the the fate of the last car they had too. But yeah. I, I mean, but I, th I think that I think the I think they paid a thousand pounds for the Euro or the or the Accord wagon. So I mean, it wasn't. It, it's basically like the cost of you know having a car for a year, and then you just yeah, that's yeah. it. So it's cheap motoring sort of thing from that point of view. But um, but yeah, so they've got to find something fast because they've got to catch the bus M catches the bus to work which is about 40 minutes each way so she doesn't really yeah. want to be doing that at the moment when it's no you know, 20 minutes in the car <laughs> yeah yeah and winter Ugh. and covid ridden oh Ugh. no you want a car you want a car <laughs> want a car yes yeah, so i've been busy with that the other things have been all good took the n1 on the freeway for the first time last night Ooh. <laughs> that was an interesting experience, but uh, that was a great experience. I mean, it just sits like a completely conventional car, rides nicely. This engine was doing oh, about 2,700 revs, you know, yeah. at 100 k's, just, just like any other car. Yeah, yeah, it was brilliant. So it's certainly different to driving its predecessor on the freeway at 100 k's. <laughs> not, uh, not quite the same experience, far more conventional experience. But, mm. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, so that me for the week. Eduardo. Uh, car updates. What have I been doing? Do, 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 do. I've been buying a lot of cars recently. Wow. So I've been dealing with, uh, well, I've got my Corolla in stock, my Subaru Impreza RS sedan in stock, and I've just picked up my first BMW stock car, 320i 06 model last night. So there's there's three lovely, clean little autos running around. Wow. Um I did get one up and posted to Edinburgh. Do you reckon? Yeah, that, yeah. it'd be nice. I was just thinking that if I could do that. Yeah. Um, the Impreza, particularly, that's done 215 Ks. And I put that in just for an initial roadworthy check, just to say, when I sell it, what am I up for here? And um, my guy looked over it and he said, it's actually perfect. He said, it's not leaking from the heads. There's no nastiness. The tyres are good. The brakes are good. He goes, it's actually been really well looked after, and I, which is what I thought it was pretty yeah. good but you never quite know so i was heartened to hear that and it drives really well it's the auto smooth the engine's punchy and you know it has that box and note to it and it's just a really nice little because they're all all-wheel drive obviously by that mm. so it's i drove it in the wet the other night to a friend's house and i was just like this is a cracking car and the, the owner before me had um replaced this the standard subaru double din radio with a brand new kenwood Bluetooth streaming, Bluetooth unit, you know, so that's just sort of brings it to the modern age in terms of taking phone calls and playing your music through it. Yeah. Um, then it's got cruise and it's got fog lights, and it's got alloys and a rear spoiler and climate control and the aircon's just been done. So that's all icy and you kind of just go, wow, for 
not a lot of money. I mean, that that's going to be probably a seven, seven and a half-ish grand car to yep. for me to sell. Um, it's a really nice little drive for that. And you could probably put another 100,000 on that and not really blink. Um, and it's you'd still probably get four grand for it or five grand for it at the end of that. So it's a, it's a cheap little motor that I like that. Um, even the BMW is, um, is really tight and tidy. And I remember driving those when they were new and I like this drives better than, than the ones I drove back in 06. You know, the autos were a bit all over the shop and this was just smooth and quiet and behaved very well. And I even said that to my brother today. I remember taking one, you know, probably would have been in about 08 down the Great Ocean Road and down towards Ocean Grove and stuff. And the auto just didn't feel matched with the engine. It was very, it was seemed to always be in the wrong gear. And he and I both commented, this feels like rubbish, you know, in terms of that, that match. This thing was, was wonderful when I drove it home last night. And I yeah. thought it's obviously programming or they've, you know, they've changed something on them or programmed them to get them yeah. to ship. I don't know. There was an update fairly soon into those E90s, wasn't there? Uh, no, they did a midlife update when they usually do it about that three, three and a half year. Okay. Uh, that was somewhere around 2009, 2010, somewhere there. Um, but this is an 06, this is an early one, but mm. yeah, it just seems good. Seems good. So yeah, that's my cars. What else? Uh, oh, I bought some neoprene seat covers for the Pajero, which I I love these seat covers. Car Talk top yeah. tip. <laughs> there is a company called Super Trim. They are in Hallam slash Dandenong, and they actually manufacture a lot of these neoprene covers for manufacture you know brands as their genuine accessory, and then the brands brand them as Subaru or Mazda or whatever. But neoprene is basically wetsuit material. So the stuff yep. is, and you've got them, David, in your van, I think. I've got them in the caddy there, brooding. Yeah, yep. and I think I put you onto this place to get them. I think you did. <laughs> they're, uh, I think they say they're 100% waterproof. Um, there's no cable tie things underneath or loose fitting. It just literally slots over the headrest and the seat like a like a glove, like a, like a wetsuit. And they yep. come with stitching in them. So I've got this beautiful black with grey stitch front seats now, and it actually looks like a bloody Range Rover or something. It's really nice. <laughs> Wow, when you um, squint. When you squint. So I highly recommend those and really not expensive. Like the front two and the centre armrest, which are, I mean, I'm only in, in my car by myself. I don't have kids. So it's like the back seat really is usually folded up like a ute. Um, 270 bucks for the two fronts and the armrest cover. Like it's really cheap. It's not bad. Yeah. I think, and they do them for pretty much everything, you know, mainly four-wheel drives and commercially things, but they will make whatever you want. And you can change, you could, I could have had orange stitching, yellow stitching. Yeah. You can pick and choose. And um, they had them ready within two days. And, you know, I'm always, I've always been very impressed by that product. Hmm. Yeah, I, I, I completely agree. Mine are nearly five years old in mine hmm. and still look as good as the day you know, and even when they do get a bit of, um, you know, food dropped on them or something, you know. Some people like to eat pastries in the car, <laughs> don't they, David? Well, I don't know, not me, but... Uh, some people aren't averse to a sausage roll on the yeah. road, perhaps, or a daily. <laughs> 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 the old disol brings them up a treat. Yeah, and yeah. I think you can chuck them in the washing machine too. Yeah, yeah, I've heard that. Quite washable and they're um, airbag compatible. So my Pajero's got side yeah. airbags in the seats and they say as long as you line up the seams and it even on the cover has a little um, 
tag that says, you know, airbag compatible. Yep. And so very impressive, that product and not a lot of money. Um, and if I was buying any sort of family car, you know, that I cared about, I would 100% put those things on it. Oh, yeah. Nice. Have you got any of those, Matty? Have you got any neoprene? No, you've got wool. You've got lambs wool. Yeah, like I want to get some for the for the Typhoon actually, just for the fronts because they're expensive seats and they're hard to get secondhand. Yeah. Uh, and the the Alcantara kind of suede inserts they start yeah. to perish on on the, as soon as you hop in the car, like your your whole body kind of yeah, damages. Yeah, yeah. So stuff. I want to just kind of just get something just to cover them up before they get any more worse than they are. I mean, they're not bad or anything, but they're they're just worn. So like they're but. Um, like I'm driving the actual typhoon today, and I was like, I was like, yeah, I probably should look at getting something like that. Mm. Have a look on their website. I'm um, super trim, one word. Yeah, see, well, what, see what they do. Have a sus, I think. So, topic for tonight, gentlemen, is mm. the, the the best in car interiors you have seen over over the over the years. And, it, and we touched on this last week as well. Like, just you know, we just kind of brought it up. But it's actually like this is a kind of a cool idea for our 300 because. Excuse me, there's been so many cars, and Edward, you've owned north of 400 cars. No, and... no, no, I haven't cracked four. I'm in the threes somewhere. You're, I think. you're in the threes, so, <laughs> so, so you would have said you would have seen something. But just a just a bit of trivia for you: uh, the AU Falcon won awards for its interior when it was new. Can you can you believe that? No, I can't. No, I can't. <laughs> <laughs> it had... So good. Why did it win awards? What was so amazing about it? Well, it's weird because the AU Falcon had like ten different shades of grey in plastic. Like nothing was matched, and yeah. But it's still one for like style, and I, I, I don't know. I'm still, I'm still, that still boggles my mind. But as we all know, the AU Falcon is a is a quality motor. Um, now in car interiors, I mean, I've driven a fair few cars and, and there's been some I've been like, this is horrible, like actually horrendous. But then there'd be some like, like, like absolutely, this is it's incredible. I remember when I sat in a um, Lexus LC500, the, the new one. Yeah. Oh, it's a beautiful car, the interior. It, it's just the attention <laughs> to detail and the quality of the car and like the way the dash was laid out and and the seats and everything i was just like yeah that in terms of interior quality it just blew me away like that was probably probably the car what color was the interior of that car it was i've got to, actually i've got a video of it on my phone to be honest with you uh, but yeah. it was it was red on beige red on beige like a red like a like a beige red I on, on one the other day that was um a really royal blue bordering on purple with orange oh wow okay there you go that was out there. That was yeah. very out there. <laughs> well, orange, orange and blue are complementary colours, so I'm not surprised yes. that they've teamed those two together. But this yep, one was I've... was a red car with with a like like a beigey cream interior, and I'm like, but it actually it didn't look bad. Like I thought, ugh, beige. But I suddenly I was like, this is actually quite nice. Mm. I think beige can be a great colour on the right car. Yep. Um, yep. Yeah. People say, ooh, a lot of people don't like the idea of a beige interior, but. You know, if it's complementary to the to the outside of the car, and um, like one of my favourite NAMX fives are the with the limited edition in the with the in the neo green with, neo the, green. with the beige leather. Yep, that just looks so traditional and uh, um, well British, basically, didn't it? I mean, that's yeah. Yeah. Neo, neo green green stands for Japanese racing green, really. <laughs> uh, true. <laughs> 
<laughs> the other thing I think that, that helps a beige interior, I found particularly um, working at BMW for years, they were they were big uh, advocates of this, was the black colour world, which we've mentioned before. But that's where you say, okay, most of the door trim is... Uh, most of the door trim is beige. Sorry, the interior, the strip of it, like the insert is beige, but the yep. door trim is black. Black, um, yep. Carpets are black. And um, so you, you you basically are saying, I've got a mainly black interior, but the seat is beige and the door insert is beige. Yep. And that means that when you get in, you know, you're not, you're not turning beige carpets into black mess very quickly because, you know, if, any, if anyone's ever lived with a beige, beige couch or a beige carpet, you, you just destroy that. Um, even if you try really hard not to, they, they turn pretty mank quickly. So yeah. I really, I, but yet the look of those, the lighter seats gives that, that interior really sort of airy ambience. And they did colors like, oh, cream beige and oyster and things like that, that were, um, yeah, black color world, but light seats. And I really like that. And they did it with red seats. They did yep. it with oh, chocolate brown sort of seats and, you know, you could when you mix and match that a bit, it looks really can look really smart because a black yep. black interior is really very drab. You know, like I most cars, if you open, you open the door and you get into a black interior, it's it's pretty ordinary. Um, people, yeah, people tend to get it. I mean, like for example, on on one of my old Renault sixteens, that nineteen seventy one, it's a white car. It's from the late sixties. It's got a huge amount of glass, and so and it's low back seats, and so you've got this amazing visibility through the interior now that being black is not that bad because you're not consumed by it and it's got a light roof liner in it you know sort of a very light gray whitish off-white roof liner whereas when you're in a bmw m sport or something when the roof line is black the dashboard's black the doors are black the console's black the trim's black you know everything is it can be really oppressive sitting in this it's like you're in a coffin sort of thing yeah it's just not that nice to be in, in terms of being in a kind of airy space. The trend now to a lot of a lot of the higher BMs and Benzes is to actually put a, a contrasting sort of LED strip in the dash, isn't yeah. it, and along the doors, just yeah. to give some sort of oomph to some the interior. Sort of and you can change the um the, the colours. Colors. Yeah, you can yeah. have you know, like in the current E class or you know in C class, no doubt, and a whole range of Mercs and other things you can. You can have you've got the whole color spectrum. You can have purple, blue, white, orange sort of light. Mm. Um, some of them look like a sort of dunny block lighting, I reckon. But I don't, some some of them I don't think are that classy. But yeah, yeah. I remember yeah. I remember four or FPV in, in with the four six and four eight. It was pretty much a Fairmont gear, but Fairmont gears just had black interiors, or, or you could get them with a beige interior. Yeah. But, you could option them with oxblood, which was like a like a dark, oh, yeah. dark red leather, and but they only did it for the seats. They didn't do it for like the the leather on the arm. They, they stayed black and everything. So I thought that was like, that was pretty smart. They made all the touch points still black, so they didn't yeah. get damaged. Yeah. But the seats looked really looked really good, and and it made like a normal drab interior actually look quite nice. Yeah. Another thing that just comes to mind is seat belts. You know, a lot of um, a lot of cars nowadays are doing contrasting coloured seat belts. Um, which I quite like, you know, in the right colour. Mm-hmm. You know, if you have if you have sort of a, I don't know, say a black car with a um, a black interior, but you have some sort of blue seat belts in it or red seat belts in it, and, and contrast binding on the floor mats to match or something, that can look really smart. Yeah. Well, Alum's WRX STI has got red seats. Uh, it's a red seat belts, and yeah. it's, 
and it, that's contra that's contrast like the black leather interior with the with the red stitching and, and it actually all matches really nicely and, and it, makes, it makes a pretty standard color that's a, that's a pretty simple thing to do really just okay we, we're going to dye the seatbelts a different color it's not that hard but... yeah only problem <laughs> mm. with that is some a couple of years down the track when they uh you know when you actually open it the, the, the thing that you touch when you get in the car is the seatbelt. And the thing that your kids touch when they get in the car are in the back seat and, and the, the manky coloured seatbelts I've seen in cars. <laughs> you know, and, and to, they're painful to clean because they're, the, um, they're so tightly um, um, woven, you know, like whatever gets into them really gets in and stains them. And some of them are just horrible, and and they they'll never come up looking good. I've I've seen um, detailers you know pull them right out all the way, and then put a um, like a clamp to stop them retracting, and then just steam cleaning them with a with a glue <laughs> and trying to to get them get the the stains Does out. This all work on those, David? Uh, it can. I've actually got a better seat belt cleaner material, and um, I've. That works pretty well, actually. But you, you, you've literally got to really soak the seatbelt with it, and then use like a scourer to like scrub it backwards and forwards. Yeah, yeah. Uh, there are seatbelts are a pain to keep clean, but they do look smart um, in, in contrasting color. But it's just one of those things that down the track. Hmm. Mm. <laughs> um, Boris has got the got the cream interior, and it's got like the cream seatbelts, and they look horrible. Like they're yeah. all. Just Manky and yuck and, and like yeah yeah yeah. She's like she's like Matt. I hate this interior. Why did I buy this car? Off? Well, my brother, who's he's a big grot, but <laughs> but 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 secondly, uh, she's like it's just it just looks disgusting. I'm like yeah, you're right. It doesn't look it doesn't look good. So I've been I've been I've been thinking of like well because like her her whole interior like even her floor mats are beige and they. they oh, it's, yeah. it's, it's, they just they just cooked. So you got to have mats on mats. Mats on mats. Well, my interior, that's all beige, you know, cream beige seatbelts, cream beige carpets, cream beige everything. Like you couldn't get that with a black color world unless you went in BMW individual at the time. And, um, but that's got black rubber genuine mats over the cream beige mats. Yep. So it's brand new underneath you. I did that when it was very, very fresh. Yeah. Uh, because you just day to day, you just, you just destroy it. I can't stand yeah. the thought of putting feet on beige car carpets. That just, that yeah. Plays on my mind. I can't deal with it. Yeah, no, agreed. <laughs> Definitely agreed. Sounds like someone's doing the lawn outside. It's uh, interesting. Oh. Not at my house. <laughs> Not at my house. How do we feel about wood? Well, <laughs> I think if wood is done, or wood veneer, even fake wood, if it's done well, I'm not against it. And it depends a bit on the car. Absolutely. And it depends a bit on the colour of the car. Like, we would often spec BMWs. I was not against specking wood in a in a BMW, but you sort of look at the whole package and go, all right, if I'm doing a, a bronzy beige exterior with a creamy interior, I'm not going to put aluminium with that. You know, no. aluminium, that, that's a wood car. Now, you might not go a burled walnut. You might go a straight-grain bamboo or something, but that complements it and looks modern enough and nice but you know it um in an old rolls royce or a jaguar of course you know the wood that, yeah. that wood's part of it but i think it can look very wrong if it's the wrong car or the wrong shade or the wrong type of wood 
Yes, yeah. Um, the the shade's important. I mean, and there's a whole gamut, and and some manufacturers you can select different grades and different yeah, different yeah. colours and stuff. Yeah. Um, I remember the um, Volvo sort of the, the late twenties, like the S S forties and V fifties oh, and stuff I like really, that. Yeah. The trade used to call it the IKEA pack because it was yeah. basically like a pine sort of finish. Yeah, it was really and quite grainy. Yep. Yeah, yep. Yeah. Yeah, um, like an almost natural looking wood. It wasn't a glossy sort of a. Um, yeah, which in, again, in the right color scheme didn't look too bad. I mean, it you know it sort yeah. of fitted with that whole Scandinavian sort yeah, of thing yeah. a bit. But um, but yeah, plenty of people have tried to uh, to do it and and it's failed miserably. But here's um, one for you. My friend's dad back in the '90s owned an XF Fairmont gear wagon. And it was uh, that, yeah, quite Rare a rare car now. Fairmont Gearway, top of the line wagon. He nicknamed the car Bruce, funnily enough. That was a sort of nickname. <laughs> anyway, Bruce, um, one day he wanted to spruce Bruce. And spruce so Bruce. He worked in the laminate uh, industry. So he got some burr walnut laminate, like that would go <laughs> on a kitchen bench, cut it to size, and suddenly around his gear shifter he had, doesn't matter, beautiful wood grain. <laughs> He stuck it on there with glue. Ah, no. um, just, just cause, and that went with all the velour doors and everything. He now had wood grain as well. So, wow. There you go. I always remember the um, the Cal it was at the VL Calais where every touch surface in the whole car basically was covered with velour. Yeah. Oh yeah. Um, a lot of velours died to trim those interiors. Oh. I've got to say. All, all it, the velours died. It goes mank. <laughs> like you'd have to wear gloves to make sure that. That stayed half decent, like it's, absolutely. Oh, but wood, yeah, I think wood done well is, you know, I, I like a bit of, I like a bit of wood in an old car, particularly. Yeah, series one, uh, Rolls Royce Silver Shadows had a really lovely ambience to the interior with the leather and the oh, wood. Yeah, that and that, that, the dash top in those was leather. So yes. that that shadow two that I had, that seventy nine model, that the, yeah, the top of the dash is leather. The doors, a lot of them are leather on the actual door skin, which doesn't hold up that well, you know. No, I mean, no. Mercedes kind of do it properly, where that you know it's it's like MB Tech's vinyl that looks like leather, and it's so hard wearing. Whereas the roll stuff wasn't that hard wearing, but yeah, worked well. Yeah, I agree, David. Those rolls dashboards, I mean, they put hours and hours and hours into yeah. manufacturing that, and it's proper burr walnut, and you know, it's not a fake veneer. It's it's big solid chunks of wood go into those interiors. Absolutely. And they're all, all individual, all matched, as you say, and the craftsman signs the back yeah. of them and all that sort yeah, of thing. Yeah, so yeah, exactly. We really should like them because they've gone to a lot of trouble to make them very nice, haven't they? They certainly <laughs> have. You know, they certainly <laughs> have. But, but on a more modern car, yeah, I think that would, you know, it can be very old-fashioned on something, something a bit more modern. Well, of course, moving into the 80s, so, you know, a bit more modern. I mean, then you went digital, didn't you? Yeah, everything was digital. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and now, I mean, at the time it was very high tech. Then it became very daggy very quickly. <laughs> very daggy very quickly. Now it's oh so cool again. Yeah, like, yeah. Digital Dash is very cool. Well, as uh, as Riz says, uh, digital Dash, money in bags. So you know, you know, you're rich if you got a digital Dash. Like it's... <laughs> well, the LTD is is digital Dash. I'm telling you, mate. It's you know, everyone that sits in the car, they're like, oh, the, the Dash is digital. That's really cool. That's the first thing they say. It's yeah, like yeah. Exactly. it's really really very cool. 80s. My dad's Fairlane was the same car basically. That was an '86, 
and that yeah digital dash and as kids we just thought that was that was the future you know? yeah yeah and the fuel gauge was just a, like a line bars you know it yeah. just went down one bar at a time boom 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 yeah. and i've said this before in the show but when one day on the freeway the last bar disappeared and it ran out straight away it was damn accurate that <laughs> you know, normally you get a little bit of leeway but not nope. That bar. Nope. nope sorry and was like, well, you're out. You're definitely out now. So there yeah. you go. It's, it's funny now that Digital Dash has sort of made a comeback. Like a lot of cars will have digital head-up display or a digital version on the dash as well as the analog speedo. Yep. You know, and you can you can flick to that menu if you want the digital as well. So it's kind of best of both worlds, I suppose. Mm. Well, a lot of the Toyotas are, and my son's got a first-gen uh, CRX, uh, and that that has it has the digital dash to to go in it, which I think is the next uh, step in the in the in the plan. But it was very digital, and with the the Pioneer component stereo down the, the yeah down down the dash. Toyota were good at that. They had the graphic equalizers and the, yeah, uh, yeah. and their separate cassette deck to the to the AM oh, radio. And the, the, the stereos were really a work of art. Those those eighties. Yeah. you know, high-end stereos, they, they really made a feature of them. And it was, if you didn't have a graphic equaliser, even on your home stereo, it was kind of a bit nowhere. Yeah, you know, naff. Yeah, naff, bit naff. <laughs> you needed that graphic equaliser. I mean, it's all about the equaliser when it comes to uh, radios, isn't it, really, guys? Yeah. I mean, now, in a modern radio, you've still got, like, preset equaliser settings within it, or you might be able to do those megahertz adjustments yourself, but... Um, it's all within it. It's not. It's not a manual line of, of buttons you move. Yeah. Well, the, the buttons on the uh, the the MR two still got those those little buttons and stuff. Like you yeah. push underneath the the aftermarket head unit. Yeah, I love it. Yeah. Nice, nice. Yeah, I got to find a head unit together. So I was just going to say one of the, and I know we bang on about these cars, but the um, you know, eighties Mercs. I just find the interiors were so simple and. Yeah almost underdone you know at the time they got criticized for being very austere and very um not that luxurious you know yes they they had leather in some of them and what have you and they had bits of wood but they're always a bit restrained but now they just haven't dated you know i I just find you can you like your merc mat that's what's that an 80 you can slide into that interior with the black dash top and the gray underside and the center console and it's still just clear simple Beautifully built, beautiful cut pile carpets, quality material on the seats, and it—they just don't feel that old. They yeah. don't. Yeah. And you think, well, really, in the in the thirty years succeeding that, like, have they really made major, major interior improvements? It's kind of like, well, in a lot of cases, no, they haven't. I always remember um, the E twenty one BMW three series was was held up as one of the finest interiors as far as clarity of the instruments and yeah. information where you expect it to be. And and yeah. still, you know, to see a clean one of those, as rare as they are. Yeah, uh, yeah. I think you're best to look at the brochures, actually. But the yeah. uh, but, but stunning interiors, you know, just, just as, as Ed said, almost to the point of underdone, but just presenting the information as you need it and, and beautifully no, illuminated. And even... I was looking earlier at a, a couple of shots of um, the very early Civics, the, the EB1 Civics. You know, they they did a lot of work on on the dashboards from the point of view they just got an instrument binnacle sitting on on top of basically a flat shelf, and 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 that's the same thing. It just communicates that information that you need. It's right right there, and everything else 
you know, is, is below the sort of centre line of the dash. Brilliant visibility and all that sort of thing. So there's a lot to be said for simplicity. I think people, if you've looked in a new Model 3 Tesla, I think they've taken it to the other end of the, the scale. Oh, they're incredibly simple. I mean, you've got that massive central screen that does everything, kind of. Yeah. Um, but they're so very... There's no buttons or, or, or knobs no. or anything. Very <laughs> it's just... that car. Very minimalist. Um, <laughs> I mean, what's a, you know talking the opposite? What's what's an interior that's overly complex? Well, what's one that's well, nuts? Put it this way: I'll put it in the context for you on, on my Instagram page. I've got I did a comparison of two A's interiors, the, the W124 and the LTD. I don't know you guys you guys have probably seen those. Yeah. Just, yeah. Just, just dash shots and and like in terms of out, in terms of 80sness, the LTD out out 80s it, I believe. I, I think oh, yeah. so. Absolutely, um, but in terms of simplicity and just pure class, like the the, the Merc interior is just on another level. But it, but it is cool to see like you know to, to see that comparison of you know of really like crazy digital and like everything is just you know there's a button for everything in, in the LTD. Yep. Whereas in the in the Merc, it's it's simple. And and yep. uh, have you guys ever been in an Alpha One Six Four? Yes. <laughs> so David, you you know those interiors from the back in the day, but they were very futuristic when they launched. And I remember having the brochure as a kid and going, whoa, mama, this is special. But they mm. were, how do you Graphs. The buttons were all um, touch. sort of futuristic, yeah, soft touch sort of looking things, that, that, but they were all a bit the same. I don't think it was easy to tell what was under each button or something, but I'll have to drag the brochure out. But I remember at the time it was it was very like, well, again, this is the future. Here's one for you. Go. Aston Martin Magonda. Have you seen the interiors on those? Uh yes. Yeah. So I can't I know the car, but I can't picture the inside of it. Well, yeah. I was just thinking that when we were talking about digital dashes. Yeah. <laughs> they had like was it like actual TV screens in there and like they're all it was just a weird, weird and and then, then they changed it for the series two and it was even more weird. Like it was just it just it just went they just were just insane and all touch and no wonder why they had so many issues with electricals with those cars. Yeah. <laughs> yep. Yes, they were, they were pretty weird. And, and they, they, were, they weren't so much digital as they had that, that really early. It was at um, LCD, liquid crystal yep. display, yep. Uh, in the instruments. And, yeah, even in watches they didn't last that, that long, I don't think. They were quite famous because of the, the press release of that car. It actually, they drove it out and... It stopped and didn't go and had to be trucked away from the press release. There is actually a, um, I was talking to, to a guy that actually does work on them um, not long ago, and he said that the, all the retired, in, well, not all the retired engineers, but some of the retired engineers from the electronics department of Aston Martin actually will restore your Lagonda dash for you. They actually, you can actually send it to the UK and they will actually resolder and do everything they need to do to actually bring it up to actually a reliable wow. you know, unit that you can use. So all those um, Lagonda owners out there. All that's gone. right. That's right. I all guess they wouldn't be inundated, but <laughs> that's cool though. But it's nice to think, you know, 40 years on they're actually, you know, still doing, still I'm sure it's not a warranty, but you know, the, the... <laughs> <laughs> I know um, I, I was in quite a few Audis throughout the oh, 2000s, I suppose, or into the 2010s, and they were often quite complex. You know, their menu systems, they had a lot of buttons going on around the transmission shifter. Yeah. You, know, you jump in, say, a five- or eight-year-old Audi, you know, and you look down where a BMW would have the iDrive controller sort of thing. There's a lot going on around that. 
Yeah. That yep. gear lever. I always found them very complex interiors. Nice materials, though. That's that's another thing. I think dash, like the quality of the plastic on the dash and the doors and the quality of the carpets was always something that annoyed me when it wasn't right. Yeah. You just think that just lets it down awfully. Like the Magna, you know, uh, mum had that Magna years ago, that, that 93TR wagon. And that had beautiful seats. They were velour. They were very bolstered, very comfortable seats. Um, but the carpet was that needle punch mm. stuff that if you throw any amount of gun dirt at it, it just sinks into it and sticks. You can't yep. vacuum it out. It's horrible. Yeah. And you had a Magna too, David, about that era. Yep. You know what I'm talking about. I know exactly what you're talking about. Carpet. <laughs> um, even a loop pile is better than that, or a, or a, and a cut pile is is obviously the the best. But I hated cheap carpets. They just made to me they made the interior feel ratty. Mm. Um, and the steering wheel in that magnet was awful. It was this hard plastic molded thing that was just <laughs> not nice to touch at all. And you think why couldn't you have just made that a bit leather bound or something nice? <laughs> I did like a, a, a 17 and 80s interior that was like a cockpit, like with the instruments angled towards you. Yeah. yeah. Well, BMW did a lot of that in the 70s. They too. did. They did. Who else did that? Um, did. Toyota with the Supra, Mark IV Supra. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, one of the early adopters of it was um, the the original Mazda 929 oh, yeah. coupes. Oh yeah, yeah. So 70, 73, 74, that sort of era, and they had a, a they had a roof, a console as well, and they yeah. and literally it wrapped around the driver, and then the console swept down. This oh, it was pretty cool for the seventies. Cool <laughs> and into the eighties, those nine two nines had a cassette deck where the cassette didn't go in. You know, it go in. It went in like your home system. Yes. Yeah. It popped, so you, it popped you out. That's right. You slid it down, and, and you're watching <laughs> the right. whole cassette like you would in, in your home tape deck. You know. Yes. Um, yeah. That was quite cool, rather than disappearing into the dash totally and not seeing it. That is very cool, actually. I yeah. like that. <laughs> it's, it's funny though. It's just just seeing the way Europeans versus Japanese versus even Australians did, in, did interiors. Like they they were just they were chalk and cheese between all three in terms of what they used, the styling that they chose. Whereas whereas back in the eighties, Japanese cars were like over the top. I mean, look, I look at my MR2, just the wedginess of the interior and, and all sorts of weird stuff going on. Whereas a Mercedes was very simple. And then you know, then you it's like it's like they've kind of swapped roles where. They went above and beyond, and then in the nineties, nineties and early two thousand, the Japanese went more restrained. I think. Yeah, yeah, more simple. That's true. Actually, just on Peugeots, have either of you guys seen some of the newer ones? They've got the tiniest steering wheels. It looks like something you would have put on the, you know, an aftermarket thing you would have got Brian Speed Shops in the seventies to put on your Mini Cooper. <laughs> they're like literally, they're 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 less less than thirty centimeters wide. They're, they're they're the tiniest little things, and the idea being that you, you've got. And, and the, I was at a Persia dealer not long ago, and I was like, I hate these steering wheels. That's ridiculous. Oh no, no, they're actually really good. And it reminded me when. Um, Why are they good? Why? Yeah, that, that's right. Well, because they, you know, your visibility, the instruments are so much better. I said I don't have problems seeing the instruments through a steering wheel. You know, like that's. But these things, I, I don't know how you control them i don't know if they need to make the steering quicker or Peugeot's are bought by old people pretty much and old people no, don't no, want yeah. little steering wheels they want big steering wheels yeah. <laughs> i said a 208 gti which is their current yeah. GTI for sale 
And (laughs) no matter where I put the steering wheel, for me, the top of the steering wheel still cut off the whole instrument cluster. Yeah. I'm like, it was. What's the point of that? Like, bad it was design. bad design. Bad yeah. Design. yeah. There was something I was in recently too that did that. Like, no matter where I put it, it. I know what it was. It was that S class I had, that Princess Diana S class, the W140, and the the dash was wider than a W124 dash because mm-hmm. it had a couple of extra gauges on it, or they they'd move gauges out to the side, and you you couldn't see those gauges no matter where you had the wheel because it, it just blocked them. So you'd either have to, it's a look left or look right <laughs> to, to get around. And that really annoyed me compared to a, a 124 that, that had a tighter pinnacle and it was, was fine. See, the 124, the Mary Poppins of Mercedes. Exactly, yeah. Mary Poppins of Mercedes. So um, I think that, yeah, sometimes designers don't spend enough time thinking or getting the basics right. They just go for gimmickry and try and make it cool to look at but you know you spend a week in these things and you go yeah this is not as great as you might think see super vortex again yes remember the steering wheel and the in the suit the spokes were at like yeah weird angles like 330 basically (laughs) like what's what's going on with that crazy very Uh, crazy. i mean that's another thing i look at like when i sit in the car i'm like how would i go living with this and you know I mean, when I sat in that in that in that Lexus, the LC five hundred, I'm like, oh, I'm like, oh, this is amazing. Like, it's I, I instantly fit. Everything's clear. This it's not confusing. I test drove a Focus ST when they were new years ago, back in what 2012, 2013, and I'm like, the whole center stack was just horrendous. Like, it was just had buttons everywhere. I'm like, I'm like yeah. I can't. Oh, that would that would do my head in. Like, I I, I could not I could not deal with something like that. That's why I like coming to like sim- simple cars where they, they, everything's attainable, everything's reachable, and that's kind of why I like my Forester to be honest with you, because like it's it's just clear, buttons are very very simple, just yeah. work. And and to me, I find interiors that work a lot simpler, but it still have all the modern touches. That they're they're they to me is what I look for in a car. Yeah, it's sort of calmer place to be. You know, you feel oh. you feel at home quicker, uh, and it's very interesting getting into. I mean, when the 7 Series was first launched, that new model in, um, what was it, 99 or 2000, somewhere there, um, and it was that Chris Bangle 7 Ugh. Series, you know, the yeah. E, whatever code it was. Um, and, yeah, horrible-looking car. But that was the, one of the first cars to have an electric handbrake on and off, and, mm. but the button was up on the dash somewhere, um, and then you had the push-button start, and um, you had the iDrive with the screen, and, you know, it was a very complex interior compared to what people were used to and they gave it to journos and gave them no instruction and said you know we want you to start the car and drive off and you know they had to sort of see they were interested to see how long it took for them to figure out how to start it and actually move forward you know which (laughs) it sort of shouldn't really be the no no it's complicating it for complication's sake exactly and and then after that they simplified it and the handbrakes a lot of handbrakes are still electric but they're on the center console where your normal handbrake is so that's right makes more sense and you're still flicking the button up and down you're just doing it with your finger rather than a lever um (laughs) the iDrive menu had like diagonally on those early sevens it had like about one two three four five six seven eight um options i think you could move it up north, south, east, west to go to different menus, but they had like northeast menu, northwest menu, you know, you'd be in between ones. And south, south, west. And oh, like... you had, exactly. It's ridiculous. Imagine driving along and you're trying to get the iDrive lever to go northwest um, so you can go into communication or radio. It was just, 
Yeah. A great concept, but poorly executed. And then they honed it and they made the menus make more sense. And then and they gave you hotkeys as well. And then suddenly the whole thing was great and one of the best systems out there. But it didn't start off like that way. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I, remember, I remember driving an early BMW with, with a, like an early iDrive system. Yeah. I'm like, this is horrible. Yeah. I, I remember saying that this is horrible. It's, in high school, one of, the, one of the guys in high school had one. Yeah. Disgusting! Like, what is this? Like, what? Are you, <laughs> <laughs> this is terrible. So, yeah. part of it, I think, is yeah, it was just poorly executed early on. But part of it is they were the first to go to a screen and a controller type yeah. setup. And now yeah. you look through the industry now. Hey, everyone's doing it, whether it's touch screen or whatever. Yeah. But it kind of had to go that way because you can't have buttons that do that much stuff. You just can't. You know, it's yeah. another reason why, like, I think, for example, like, I have, I have this argument with my brother. Like, he's got an FG, you know, Falcon, yeah, like, well, it's F6, and I've got my my B series Falcon. My, yeah. like, I mean, you've driven my, my B series. It's the buns are simple. Everything to use is very simple. Just there's not many buns on the on the center stack. Just just simple. Yeah. There's buns for everything, and I'm like, I'm like, it just, it, I'm like, I don't feel comfortable driving that car because I'm constantly looking down what, what buns are there. Yeah. Whereas that was the the B series, all just was simple touch, bang, you're there, done. Yeah, yeah. He's like, nah, but there's so much more. I'm like, yeah, I get that. There's more in there, but like, it just. Well, you got to. I always ask two questions. All very well giving you more, 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 but it's like, does it a simplify my life or b enhance my life in some way? And if yeah. it's, if you can't answer yes to to those questions, it's kind of like, well, what? Why is it there? Why? Why yeah. do I? Have it? You know, it's got to it's got to make my life easier or uh, enhance it in some way. You yeah, know. no, yeah. I, I completely agree. I mean, pretty much all I touch is like aircon on, and then yeah, like I just press the auto button and it does it, and then radio. That, that. Yeah, 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 yep. yeah. I hate cars that don't have an aircon off button, just to you know, or whole climate control. Often, yep. you know, you you have it just off. Like my Pajero's just got. I know where the, the you know I know how to turn it on and make it all work, but sometimes you just go, I want no air coming at me. I want the whole thing off. Bang! There's a button for that. Bang! Yeah. Some of them don't give you that. Some of them you've got to go. Oh down 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 on the fan to get it to you know shut the thing off which is amazing. yeah which is another thing i like about my car it just says off bang off yeah and that's right. and it, like, even the forest lights switch it off to off laser to off yeah it's, it's yeah. Just, they, they work well um, who do you think out of modern cars is are doing the best interiors that is a good question oh that is a good question like i, I would say mercedes-benz are I'm not saying I'm personally a major fan of them, but but they do seem to be giving clients quite a bit of ambience, quite a bit of bling. You know, if you get into three series and then you get into a, a current C class sort of thing, the, the C class had a bit of a, a, a very prestige, luxurious feel to it because yeah. of the swoopiness of the dash and the big console. And I don't know, they just seem to they seem to be on song a bit with interior. Yeah, yeah. those um, the big wide. You know, visual displays in the in those new benzes is pretty cool, pretty impressive. Yeah, I don't like the look of the square things, but there's a lot going on on them. That's for yeah. Sure. I sat in a current CC class. Um, well, Halley's had two now, so I sat in both of them, mm. and they're simple enough that I could figure them out. And mm. I, I think that they and they and they look they look quite nice. I, I hate those those stupid freaking. Yeah, like looks like an iPad stuck on there. I can that, that yeah, just stuck on there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. I, prefer, I prefer it all integrated in, and yeah, and like it's and and I, I think Mercedes has been weird because they they have some that stick up and they have some that go in, and it's it's just, yeah. I, I, I don't know. Like 
I, I don't I know Mazas for a while I did not like their interiors at all especially their you know their, their more recent stuff after the BL Mazda 3 the the BM had just it, they were all copying that style with the stupid freaking computer screen in the middle just just by itself it looks like it was just, it looks like an iPad just stuck there they did yeah, it yeah my Hyundai's done it. They've all done it. And to be honest with you, I don't like it. And it just really, no. it bugs me. It really does. If you're going to have a screen, at least it, it at least needs to look like it's meant to be there. You know, yeah. whether it, whether it pops away or whatever, but it can't look like an afterthought. Remember the W204C class, um, you know, two, two shapes. that had a, a screen that would pop out, but there was also a lot of them had a cover that you would flick up like a plastic cover so you could physically hide the screen but it always just looked like this aftermarket thoughts because everyone wants the cover open so they can see the screen and it's yeah. like yeah but then it looks like it's sort of not finished it sort of looks like it's always sticky a lid's always open but that, was in, that wasn't that wasn't the preface of the postface that actually had it integrated yeah the postface that they fixed it yeah it was the early ones that had that cover thing that annoyed me um I tell you one thing I don't like in new car interiors: piano black. Ah, uh, piano black. Any piano black finish. It scratches so easily. I was like, it scratches, oh. dust, yeah. fingerprints. I like the look. Yeah, it looks right in the showroom. Yeah, then <laughs> live with it for a week, and it's yeah, no, 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 that's not good. That's not good. not great, not great. Mind you, aluminium, like any, some of those metal finishes are quite soft, and if you start chucking sunglasses in the center console or car keys, yes, uh, yeah, yeah, they can get chipped and scratched quite easily. Um, you know that you can dent that aluminium finish quite easily. In terms of which brand, which modern interiors I do like. I mean, I've driven a modern Hyundai. Like the, the i30 wasn't that wasn't. I yeah. see my sister's i30. Like the way the screen's set up in that interior, and she's got leather with a you know a diamond sort of pattern on the seats. And that's that's talking of color world. That's a black color world, but with a a beige upholstery and beige inserts on the doors. It actually for you know a twenty something grand car. Yes. Um, it, it Pretty classy. Yeah, it looks amazingly mm. good. For, mm. I think it was a twenty four grand car. And it's got alloys and, you know, rear camera and, you know, Apple CarPlay and all that stuff. And, yeah, you get into that and you don't feel like you're in a 24 grand fairly cheap car. You feel like you're in something quite nice. Again, the screen, though, the screen kills that car for me. It just... <laughs> no, I think the screen looks all right in that car. But it's still kind of just like, it just looks like it's placed there, you know. I mean, it's... Yeah, it's not... Like balanced on its edge, you know, it's going to fall off the edge. I've seen worse. I've seen worse. Uh, look, the, the Mazda three, the previous Mazda three, that, that was that was way worse. Like this, the actual i thirty is not too bad. But I've driven the current i thirty, and I, I think it's a great car. But I just, yeah, I, I don't know. If, yeah, I, I don't know who does who, who really does like the best kind of new interiors. To be honest with you, Toyota's just too bland. Like they, they haven't really changed their interiors for, for the last bazillion years. Honda always kind of did interesting things, but uh, I. <laughs> There's a lot of textures in the new Hondas. There's a lot of there's too many changes of texture for me. Mm. Ooh, that's controversial, isn't it? Changes. <laughs> well, I find I find that Honda interiors, like for example, like of the of the '90s, they were yeah, very period. They look well. Early 2000s really look good. But then they've kind of like I think from after the I'll rephrase second gen called Euro. I think the interiors haven't dated well compared to a first gen Accord Euro. I reckon the second gen's one like they they really look tacky now. Um, or is that just me? Mm. Uh, mm. Like, 
compared to no. the first, they're very clean and classy. And then the second yeah. gen, and even the, even the Civics, like the, the the way the way they've got the like the interior and stuff. I yeah, I don't know. I'm I, I was a bit turned off turned off on that. Um, Toyota again, just boring. As it, the Impreza dashes and the XV dashes, not to me, and and crummy little camera, you know, screens and things like that. You know, it's yeah, very out of date. I recognise. I think a lot of car brands now, it's more about the the looks rather than the function. Yeah, mm. and you know, just think general things like visibility out of the cabin, kind of not being paid as much attention to as it was in the past. Um, yeah. Yeah, it's more. It's more about we want a, a sexy low roof line, and our oh, visibility is not that important because you've got cameras anyway, or you've got lane departure warning anyway, or whatever. Yep. Um, but just the general ambience of being in a nice space physically is probably not really high on their priority list. Yeah, I I, I agree with that, and I I think I think well, Tyrone and I a couple of years ago now we went to. The uh, we got invited. Well, Tyrone got invited in particular because <clears throat> he's got a brand new Ranger to see the current gen Ranger, which is what my brother has now. Uh, before it got yeah. released, and they, they asked him questions and and they were explaining to us the, the changes they made that the people complained about from yeah from the first one to the second one to, the, to now the the, now the third facelift. Yeah, and and we can we can see you know we can see the progression of of how things have changed and and, and how things work and. They've went. They made things more ergonomic. They made more. Th they made things more simple because because that first generation of that that particular Ranger was very just buttons everywhere, and then they went very just simple. And I and I, and I was like, this is the reason why I like a tire. I like a tire, and I'm like, I reckon your interior is really great because it's simple. Then I drove my brother's Ranger, and I'm like, it's even more simple again. It just everything just works. It's clean. Yeah. So uh, again, I, like going back probably eight years to the, to that Focus that I drove the I, I I didn't buy the car. I'm like, this is, this interior is horrible. Like the the, yeah. the, the the seats are amazing. The recars are beautiful. The driving position is great, but that center stack, the, the bazillion buttons, just threw me threw me off. I'm like, nah. I think, I think that was a, a common um, complaint at the time that there are a hundred and something buttons or something in in that interior, weren't there? Yeah, yeah, it insane. Was, it was crazy, insane. insane. And and you know, like again, my 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 brother's Rangers interior, and same as his his partner's um, Escape, like the current gen Escape very it's it's just a contrast from about eight years ago like you know uh, so many buttons now no, no hardly any buttons very simple to use screens integrated like i like i like i'm, I'm an integrated screen guy in the dash it, it, it just works i'm like well this is this is a nicer place to be and, and i think i think they've kind of got those right golfs or vw especially at the moment with their whole uh, digital you know like lcd yeah. LED screen for for the cluster and LED screen in the middle, cool. But I think I don't know. It just it, again, there's a lot going on there. Yeah, I, I think it heaps going a on. A lot to go wrong too. <laughs> and a lot to go wrong, especially and the does and does. <laughs> oh, did I tell you about my friend's golf? Have I talked about that? You haven't talked about it on the show, but you've told me. Oh, okay. Well, I'll talk about it now oh. for, the, for the listeners. So my friend, I've mentioned him before. He has a Golf GTI 2010 model, so Mark Six. Very well serviced car, always serviced on the dot by VW specialists. And yeah, he doesn't drive it like an idiot. You know, he's a, he's a fairly mature owner. Went up the country last week and he rang me and said, mm, it's making a ticking noise, Ed. Can you just have a listen to this? So he puts the phone up to the engine and it's like, duck, 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 duck. it sounded like a diesel. And um, I was like, uh, yeah, I'd be turning that off. That does not sound good. Um, he said, I'm going to try and just limp it into the mechanic 
in because he was in town anyway in up in Mansfield and he'd limped it into the mechanic there and um, to get them to have a listen to it. Of course, when he got there, ticking went away. So mechanic says, doesn't matter, she's fine. <laughs> so then he, he tentatively sort of don't worry about it, Dad. See, it's all good. So he starts driving back down the road and um, and yes, the golf failed to proceed. It just sort of yeah, turned itself off and hasn't run since. So it, it's still turning yeah. over. You know, if you turn the key, it's, it's cranking over, but it's not firing. And I sort of said it's a, it's a bit of a weird one because if it was something like a, a crank angle sensor, you know, it would, um, it would either work or not work. It wouldn't sort of run roughly, I don't think. It's sort of like a light bulb. It's either on or off. Um, I was scared it's, and he still hasn't got the diagnosis, but I'm scared it's sort of like, you know, has it done a timing chain tensioner and skipped a tooth or something and the timing's out now and that's why it won't fire and um, it could be something like that. But, yeah, I'm intrigued. But so far it's been at the Volksy guy. So we towed it back to Melbourne basically to his his regular mechanic and the Volksy guys had it for had it for two days and um, or three days now actually. And, yeah, no diagnosis. No word. It's baffling. Well, you... you, you Contacted him today and he said he's still trying to work out what the hell's wrong. And the, the other thing was they put the scanner on it, didn't throw any fault codes. Oh. So normally yeah. you'd get some sort of a fault code which gives you a clue of where to start. But, um, yeah, no luck. So dead GTI. Wow. Hmm. And 2010, when you say it's a 2010, it is 10 years old, but you think it's only 10 years old. Like it. Well, it's done 163,000 Ks or something. And... Serviced at 160, like on the knocker, you know, it's yeah. always been serviced absolutely on time. Um, so, yeah, it's, you know, on a Golf, you kind of go, yeah, typical VW product. But, you know, if that was a Corolla, you wouldn't even be blinking. You just, yeah, like, yeah, yeah. You go, oh, what, 160K? Yeah, show, show me another 200 and then we'll talk, you know. Yeah. <laughs> the, yeah, um, interesting. Just talking about the, the those Volkswagen Group digital dashboards. I, I think they're called dynamic dashboards, or there's some you know they're all customizable, aren't they, to what how you want them to be and all that sort of thing. They're pretty funky. Not long after they came out, <clears throat> um, Audi rang me one day and they had a problem with one, and um, of course they did. But, <laughs> of course they did, but they they'd removed it and they scratched the the edge of it, taking it out of the binnacle. Um, so, oh, you know, please, can you can you fix this, you know, before we put it back in? Yeah, sure, sure, no problem. And I went, it was really tricky thing to repair, like what I had to do. I said, look, I can probably improve it, but of course the customer had picked the mark. So, I mean, oh, they knew exactly where to look. So yeah. I, I said to them, tell you what, why don't you just, just actually swap the binnacle to another car? Yeah. Like, just swap it out. I'll yeah. fix this one as good as I can. And then in the next car, no one will know to look, so, you know. Quite a, you know, lateral lateral solution right. to the problem. Oh, brilliant, brilliant. Okay, because I, th I think from memory it was about five and a half grand for the binnacle. Yeah, yeah. Um, they rang me back and they said, uh, "Can you come back and fix this one? You can't do that because they're coded to the VIN number of the car." Also, oh. so wow. <laughs> so you can't even do something as just what unplug that one, put that on there. Oh, and when I was at BMW, the whole of the used car lot out the front and the demo fleet was my parts supply. Yeah. <laughs> so 
if you if I was delivering a car on a Friday and it's Thursday and I'm walking around it and there was something not right, it's like right, what demo's got those wheels on it? What exactly. demo what demo's got that interior? Oh, the boot floor's scratched, right? Where's another boot floor? You know, and you would literally pilfer and pillage off the demos and the used cars yeah. um, to make your new delivery correct. And then you'd you know, that car is what it is. If it's a demo, it's done five thousand cable, that that's how it is. You know, you yeah, you yeah. buyer of that's not as um, pedantic, yeah. No, that's exactly right. That's yeah. and, and I say that it, once a, once or twice a week, every week, I'd say that you know I'd get a call. Oh, we've got a new car going out, and it's got this, you know, on yeah, yeah. and it's going out now. You know, we've just noticed it, and you say, oh, okay. So like back in the day, so it's an Orion Blue three series with beige interior. You'll have another seven of them lined up, yeah, you know, out yeah, the back. Yeah. Go and swap the door trim. That's right. Oh. Oh, that's a good idea. Yeah. And that's what selling cars <laughs> yes. is all about. It's all about that level of problem solving and keeping clients. And lateral clients. thinking. Exactly yeah. right. Exactly right. We would have sometimes three and four cars, you know, one wheels had, a set of wheels had to come off that one, onto that one, but onto that one, but they can't come to that one because that's the standard wheel for that car and you can't despec that car because that, <laughs> that's a different engine. Like a 328 comes with a bigger alloy than a 320, but it's optional on the 320. So, you know, you, you, one day I walked into the stock controller and she said, Ed, I've got a bloody diagram on my whiteboard of what has to go where for this <laughs> intricate wheel swap. It wasn't for my clients, but she said, I'm just over wheel swaps. I can't cope with these things. You know? <laughs> and trim swaps, you know, like, yeah, oh, yeah. anyway, bad, bad. Yeah. I bought a car once with the leather interior and had them do a trim swap because yeah. I didn't want the leather interior. So I sold them back their leather interior and they oh put it fabric Daniel, interior. Leather interior. Yeah, yeah. But I got the sunroof and the stability control that I wanted on the top model. That they, yeah, all things are possible. Now, do we need to do a quiz, Matthew? Well, before we get to that, favourite interiors and why? Oh, okay. I'd I'd say, and I've mentioned them before, I'd say um, probably uh, – for old school, got to be Rolls Royce Silver Shadow One, beautiful burr walnut interior, um, lovely leather finishing, beautiful center console down, and still column shift, but center console, beautiful. Yeah. Um, and then something again like that nine two nine coupe. That's in two forty Ks were pretty cool too. They actually had the instruments angled towards the driver the separately, yeah. with more angle the further they went across the dash. That was cool. I remember. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and for pure clarity, and it was the complete ripoff of the three series BMW, but the first gen Honda Accord, beautiful, clear, um, state and the first, uh, the first Japanese car to have the little diagram showing you, you've left the, the door open or a taillight globe's gone out or the rear hatch. That was very cool for 1977. It would have been sick. So it's been downhill since then, Matty, yeah. basically. <laughs> We're not old school. Um, I'm going to be boring and say two of the cars that I own. You know, I love, love, love the simplicity and the quality of an old Merc interior. Um, they're so boring to so many people, but I just, they just work. And, they're, you know, you can put half a million Ks on them and they still look new. And I love that about them, the practical side of my brain likes that um mx5 first gen yep. they put a lot of effort into that interior and in those books maddie j that i think i've showed you you know i've got two volumes of mazda factory um design 
philosophy books on the MX-5. They spent months and months and months, you know, trialing different binnacles, different consoles and getting that right. And consequently, when you sit in that car, it is incredibly simple, but works so, so well um, in terms of where your arm sits on the armrest and how the gear shift feels and the, the, the visibility of those gauges straight ahead. Yep. Console design, everything about it that you can just tell they, someone spent a long time getting that right. Yeah. Um, so those those are two that are probably high up my list, and I know I own them, and I'm probably biased, but I do like. <laughs> or them. else that's why you own them. Yeah, it's exactly. It's one of the reasons. You know, I do like those aspects of those cars. No, um, they are great. They're definitely great. Yeah, yeah. But I think any old European, any quality European car, you know, secondhand down the track is is always kind of nice to be in generally. Oh yeah. Just because the materials when they were new were were nice. Nice. Yeah, wood, leather, nice carpets. You know, it's it's a, it's a nice place to be, Jeff. Well, it's a nice, yeah. Then and and that's at the end of the day. Anyway, else is actually pretty good. My Volvos. You know, I quite like a current Volvo interior. Yeah. I don't know how well they hold up after two hundred thousand k, but in terms of the the look, the design, they're yeah, actually yeah. actually pretty funky looking piece of kit. For me, it'd be that LC five hundred I sat in. That was just that blew me away. Um, <clears throat> the quality of you're right. The quality of, of like a an 80s Merc, like a proper Merc. Yep, definitely, uh, definitely on, on on board with that. The Super Vortex because it's just so cool. Like it's just like, <laughs> cool interior. It's just so out there. Yeah, MX5 was on my list just because of the the pure um, anal kind of retentiveness that they had when they when they did when they did that car. Um, but for more modern interiors, yeah, they're, they're, like it's just they're harder to they're harder to really come by. Like I, I thought. Like every time I sit in, like, and I'm getting a bit biased, but every time I sit in my, my, my lasers interior, it's just, it's in terms of, in terms of its simplicity, I think it works really, really well. And I think it's really, really clean. So yeah, that's it. Let's get into the car quiz before we head off. Okay. Ready to go guys? Yeah. 10 questions. Well, question one, what car am I? This Australian only special of this hit car is quite, it's quite the rare beast on the roads these days. This two seater sports car in basic form, took the world by storm when released. However, it yearned for more power. Made by this company's special Sydney Skunk Works in Australia, it produced 150 kilowatts out of its 1.8 litre four-cylinder, and which was driven to the rear wheels through a six-speed manual gearbox. It was put through rigorous testing, but the most important one was the Target Tasmania, where they tested it, where it placed 20th overall in its first outing. It was that good that in its homeland, they decided to make their own version of it, which had oh, slightly... David. David. Was it a Holden Calibra 4x4 turbo? Incorrect. Um, it was a two-liter, actually. Yeah. <laughs> Edward. Done. Hang on. So what was it a Holden Calibra, but a two-liter? Incorrect. It wasn't a Holden Calibra. Oh, it's not a Holden Calibra. No. I don't know. I'm kind of drawing a blank. It was the Mazda MX-5 SP. Oh, well, there you go. Okay. okay. I mean, you've had that as an quiz answer before, and I've got that right, I think. So <laughs> <laughs> phrased it in a very yeah. different way. <laughs> Question two. What is the only country in the world to, to not call the MR2 the MR2? Mm. Only one country that did it. They called it something else. Mm-hmm. Ed. Ed. Was it in the US? Incorrect. Mm. Mm. Take a stab, Darway. Take a stab. <laughs> Japan. 
incorrect. It yeah, was okay. France, believe it or not. For an extra, France. extra point, why did they call it something else? <laughs> Is it the French version, uh, version of Pajero? Maybe I don't know. <laughs> no, why the MR2 was not called the MR2 in France and what it was called? So, so for the extra point, it was called. Uh, the reason why it wasn't called the MR2 uh, is because MR2 sounds like a French word, merdu, which stands for shit. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> that, there is, you go. that is the reason why it was never called the MR2. It's like in, in France. <laughs> so, with that in mind, question three. What did oh, they you. call the Toyota MR2 in France? No idea. Sacre bleu. Mon Dieu, quelquefois, je ne sais pas. Je ne sais pas. I'm guessing you guys have got no idea. That means I don't That's what know. I said. Je ne sais pas is I don't know. <laughs> it is called the Toyota MR. That's what they call it. The Toyota MR? MR. Oh. <laughs> uh, yeah. Not much in it. No. Yeah. Question okay. four. What car am I? Launched in 1998. This is the car that should have propelled this company forward. And to be fair, it was a very good attempt. Based off an old Mitsubishi chassis, it's lightweight with 103 kilowatts of Mitsubishi sourced 1.8 liters, sold only as a three-door hatch. It came with a body kit, Recaros, and suspension, uh, and a suspension tune from a company who know a thing about two about turning cars around corners. David. David. Proton Satria GTI. Proton Satria GTI is exactly what that car is. Thank you very much. Well done. We're on the board. Current score check. They it, look cool too. They do look quite good. They're, yeah. actually, they're actually a good little car to drive, believe it or not. I've never driven one, but they, I, I know a guy that had one. I drove yeah. one when they were new, and yeah, it drove okay. I mean, it was and, a Proton, so it wasn't great, but it, you know, for a Proton. And Lotus was a, did the suspension, didn't they? Yeah, yeah Lotus <laughs> And that was its only real claim to fame, I think. Mm. <laughs> um, so, Edward, zero. David, one. Question five. This is, a, this is a horrible start from you guys. <laughs> five? We're up to five already. Five already. Kia had an attempt at a hot hatch a few years ago. What was it called? Uh, David. David. Seed. Yep, Seed. I'll give you that. Seed GT. Proceed GT. Well, That's the one that had one of those, too. Question six. What car am I? Announced in, in 2006 and sold from 2009. This car was the latest in a long line of performance cars from this Japanese manufacturer. Its two-door front-engine rear-drive layout has always been its staple. Sold with an auto rev matching, auto automatic rev-matching technology for the manual and available as a coupe or roadster. This car had proven to be very popular and still is on sale today. Engine options are one, 3.7 litre V6, equipped to either a manual or David. automatic. David. Uh, Nissan 370Z. 370Z is we exactly right. Mm. That's quite rare, isn't it, to have the 3.7 3 litre yeah. V6. That, that narrows it, doesn't it? It narrows it down. I still didn't know the answer, but it narrows it. <laughs> Question seven. The E36 M3. Its facelift update came with two major changes. What were they? 0.5 for each. I think it, oh, Edward, I think it got Vanos, did it? 
not the major change. There was two major changes with them. You have another attempt because it's, there's a two-parter. No, okay. Why well, it's not Vanos? What did they do to E36? Oh, did they change the engine size? I think they went from three to three point two or something. That's one of them. Yep, point five there. Well, then I'm out. That's my two guesses. Guesses. So Ed's on point five. Did they bring the SMG gearbox in? No. Oh, that was delete forty. There, there was there was one other major thing. So you, you've had, you've had one attempt, David. You've got another attempt here. Sorry, did you say E36 or 46? 36. 36. 36. Um, uh, six-speed instead of five-speed manual. Correct. Six-speed instead of five-speed manual. Well done. That was the that was the other update. Well done. Uh, question eight. What car am I? Another hot hatch from the early 2000s. This one in particular focused on engine displacement as it was the largest in its segment. Offered only as a two-door, this car was known for its great road manners and refinement. Ed. Ed. Astra? Yes, Astra. Which one? SRI, is it? SRI 2.2, correct. 2.2. Well, yeah. Yeah. yeah no. Actually, surprisingly a good car, that one. Out of all the Astras, that's the one you'd buy because it yeah. has, has a chain. <laughs> yeah. Timing change, timing change. Um, and that, that same engine, that same 2.2 was in the Vauxhall VX220. Bit of a, mm. bit of a question okay, point. Question nine. What engine option could you get when you ordered a brand new HSV GTSR VS back in the 90s? <laughs> Cricket. 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 I thought that would have only had one engine. A big uh, one with eight cylinders. You're playing an engine option, so <laughs> that implies there's there's something extra above the standard that you can. They get. could have done something to the engine. I'll give you that. Oh, it had an HSV enhanced sticker on the back window. <laughs> no. No. Okay. Okay. I have no idea I'm what out. they could have no. done to it. Did they balance it or blueprint it or something? Yes, Edward. They blueprinted it. Well done. Oh, okay. Wow. Oh. <laughs> An accidental point. That was a Steve Bradbury, wasn't it? Yeah. <laughs> the extra point, what was that car's engine displacement in litres? Well, I think it was a 5... Was it a 5.7? No, it a VS. Point. It was a 5.7. Okay, oh. <laughs> Unbelievably, Edward has fought back. He is, is 3.5. David, 3.5. Going into the last question. Oh, my God. Oh. This occurred. I thought I was over and out. <laughs> Question 10. The Mercedes Benz X Class is based on what? Ed. I did. The Nissan Navara. The Nissan Navara. What a comeback, Edward. Edward takes it. <laughs> wow. That's rubbish. Well, Sorry, David. You deserve to win tonight, David. <laughs> they, they call him the comeback kid, they call him uh, many things. We call him Edward, <laughs> but well done, Edward. That's that's quite the comeback, surprisingly. That's uh, it's, thanks. It's quite... I'll go and have a chocolate bar now to celebrate. <laughs> that is that is it for me tonight, guys. That, uh, anything else you want to talk about before we head off, gents? Uh no, just congratulations on three hundred. Yes. well done. Brilliant work. Thank you, gentlemen. That means a lot. That's uh, it's that's good. I I, I really do appreciate that. It's. 
it's fun. And uh, here's to here's to 300 more. So let's <laughs> like and share our Facebook page. It's Car Talk T O R Q E with Manny J. If you missed any of our previous episodes, that will up on Shell Engine, iTunes, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasting apps. So don't forget to subscribe, rate, and review to Car Talk. Check out our merch. Our merch is on our Teespring store. Go to teespring.com and type in Car Talk store, or just check the link on our Facebook page. Thank you, gentlemen, very much for tonight's episode and many previous and many more to come. I, I, I do appreciate it. I appreciate it to all our, all our listeners and all our fans for um, you know just just being being great support and 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 always you know, uh, giving feedback and, and to, even talking to us on the, on the Sunday show, which which is which is a bit of fun. So hopefully we can we, we can really um, make this push it push it forward in many new directions for the next three hundred. So it's it's already come leaps and bounds, and let, let's see what we can do. But in the meantime, thank you guys. Take it easy and I will see you next time.